guilty soul condemned by shame hear mercy calling out your name his blood can cleanse your every stain bring your failures to the cross hello and welcome to the community bible church podcast where we're doing a chapter by chapter weekly discussion of the book gentle and lowly the heart of christ for sinners and sufferers by dane ortland my name is joseph brader i'm the pastor of worship and discipleship at community bible church of orange park um, but Pastor Matt is away on sabbatical for the summer, and so for the next few weeks, I'm going to be joined by a few different leaders in our church uh, to wrap up the last several chapters of the book, and then Pastor Matt will be back at the end of the summer to record one final wrap-up episode. Uh, but with me today, and for our next episode, are two of our worship leaders, Lindsay Leto and Carly Jones. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks hey, for having us. Thanks for being here. Woo-hoo. Can you just briefly share for our massive listening base, what it is that you do in helping to lead our worship ministry. What is a worship leader at CBC? Hi, I'm Lindsay, a worship leader at CBC. We help lead our team. Um, We do a lot of development together. We study, we read, Um, we spend a lot of time praying together. Um, We come on Tuesdays and spend a few hours uh, building sets and planning and just seeing how the sermon's going to play out and how we can best aid in what we're going to read and sing. Yeah, I'm Carly, by the way, and yeah, Lindsay hit the nail on the head, if you will, of the things that we have the chance to do and yeah, getting to help lead the team and um, from a musical side, from a logistical side, from a like developmental side. Um, yeah, we just really enjoy it, are thankful that we get to do it and I pretty much just watch Lindsay and Joseph all the time and think about how great they are. <laughs> That's yeah, not yeah, true. Yeah. Well, well we, we do have a check for you later for saying that. <laughs> or, uh, your payment is here now. Uh, yeah, uh, so several years ago, I kind of caught the bug of uh, worship leader development. I was out at a worship pastor conference in Austin with Austin Stone Worship. And uh, that's a really big thing, that a big part of their culture. So I came back and really wanted to just build that into the DNA of our team and our worship culture. So we want to identify and develop and utilize and hopefully send out as we start planting churches and things, uh, people who are passionate about and skilled in leading worship. So that's, uh, that's some of the stuff that we do. Um, like I said, we meet every week and uh, we're working on planning liturgies and set lists and things like that. So if you like the things that are going on, that's probably courtesy of Lindsay and Carly. And if you don't, those are probably my ideas, if we're being honest. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to, uh, to let you guys kind of introduce yourselves and uh, kind of give, give everyone the bird's eye view of what it is that you do. But let's jump into chapter 17 of Gentle and Lowly. His ways are not our ways. Ortland described Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, where the Lord says, My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. Uh, He describes it as a statement not of the surprise of God's mysterious providence, although that is true, but it's a statement of the surprise of God's compassionate heart. Why is his compassionate heart a surprise? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I wonder who (laughs) writes these questions for all of us to think through. Yeah, I think it is is a surprise to us. And one thing it made me think about was... um, you know, I, I have so much to go off of, of myself, you know, like yep. my own experience, my own inner thoughts. I'm the one that knows what I'm thinking all of the time. <laughs> Obviously God knows that, but, but I know that more than what anybody else is thinking. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I think of my own compassionate heart, and it's pretty far away from true compassion. I don't even know what true compassion is because I don't have the capacity to. And so I think that it's an easy thing to, to struggle with in that sense, um, yeah. to, to not fully understand his compassion or maybe yeah, experience it in a way that... Um, in a way that's different than, than my lack of compassion for mm -hmm. things. So I think it makes sense that it's more talking about the surprise of uh, his heart being compassionate because we're so quick to, to think the opposite, you know? Yeah, and I, I like something you said, which is we really only have our own experience and our own generally lack of compassion, I guess, to go off of or to interpret God's heart. And, you know, he cited a Calvin quote early in the chapter where Calvin basically said, um, there's nothing more terrifying than a God who's just like us. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting mm -hmm. because we tend to want God to look just like us, mm -hmm. right? We think a God after my own image is, is a good God and the kind of God that I want. But actually, like if we're honest with ourselves, that's so much worse than who God actually is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that speaks to probably our inflated view of self and our warped view of God and probably a whole bunch of other things that we could spend a lot of time talking about. but. Thank God that he's not like us, that he's not in our image. Definitely. I was thinking about it just from like the lens of parenting, um, I as a parent, and then in my um, experience with my own parents, and just thinking at the end of the day, like, yes, do I love my children? I do, but do I still get disappointed when they make like unwise decisions? Does my patience run thin? Is my first response never to run to them to have like a loving embrace? No, we're no. honest. We're right. it's not. kidding, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. So I kind of like view God that way, and we expect the same of Him. Yeah. Um, sure. Like at the end of the day, I'm ultimately forgiven. I've got a place in heaven, but I'm always thinking: Is He thinking? She did that again. It's that sin again. Mm -hmm. um, you're still struggling with these things. And so I feel like that's a lot of times where my perception comes from. Yeah, we're told that the Lord is slow to anger and quick to forgive. We usually, I think, um, imagine or perceive the opposite. Mm -hmm. Right? I think, honestly, I think I see him as quick to anger and slow and begrudging to forgive. Mm -hmm. Probably because that's how I am and how most of us are. Yeah, and that makes me think, you know, I mean, this whole book is awesome because it's flipping everything that we generally think upside down and putting it on its head, and, and Jesus calling himself gentle and lowly and describing mm -hmm. himself as that. And I think it's this chapter, the next chapter, where he kind of references back to that, how God's describing himself. And I, I think in our culture, like, being forgiving is a really weak trait, you know? Like, mm, being yeah. forgiving, being compassionate, it's like, yeah, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget kind of yeah. thing. And, mm -hmm. and hopefully that is happening more outside of a Christian perspective than within, but we struggle with forgiveness. And mm -hmm. so I think char character is, you know, being strong and, and being in power. And you don't have to forgive them. You can hold that against them. Right. Yet here we have, like, our perfect God saying, no, like, my, my compassion is great. My forgiveness is unending. And so we have to flip our minds to see, like, wow, the all-powerful, great and mighty, holy God is actually gentle and lowly and forgiving yep. and compassionate. And that's so different than what the world tells us, like, real strength and power is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this book is all about flipping our conception of who God is. In a biblical way, it's aligning us uh, with the true—it's aligning us more closely, at least, with mm -hmm. um, the true version of who God is. Yeah. We kind of already talked about my next question, so I don't know what that has to say about these questions, but I was going to ask, why is it that we're una unable to fully grasp God's promise of pardon? I think that's what we've just been talking about. Mm -hmm. 
we think in reciprocal terms all the time. So if you hurt me, I hurt you. And to, for me to be nice to you, you basically have to be nice to me, right? Yeah. Like if we're just being really honest. I loved how he said we're viewing his mercy with bold eyes. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we can't really see it without new eyes. Right. I thought about that. I was talking to a friend this week, and there was something that happened where she had been going through this thing, and you you can't fully relate to somebody unless, like, you've kind of gone through it to some degree, too. And I was telling her that I I felt like I had been able to relate to her in a different sense, and we both basically Mm -hmm. were crying because it was just like, wow, I understand, like, your emotions in this situation more than I ever could have before. Um, And I think about that with understanding God's gift of forgiveness to us, because if I don't understand how much I need forgiveness, then I'm not going to appreciate it to the same degree, you know, like, I, I can't. I can't understand the like mercy that he's just pouring over me unless I realize that I that I really need it. So it made me think about that some too, like just re- relating to a friend. You know, you go through yeah. something similar, and you're yeah. like, oh, now I get how you felt. Yeah. Um, and and relating to his heart, now I get how you feel, God. I get yeah, yeah how you, how you feel towards me. That's biblical. Luke, I'm not gonna remember the chapter. I'm not even gonna try because I'm gonna get it wrong. <laughs> but you know, there's a, a story. A woman breaks this flask full of really expensive ointment and anoints Jesus' feet with it, Judas goes after her, and Jesus literally says, the one who's been forgiven little loves little, but the one who's been forgiven much loves much. That speaks to exactly what you're saying. When we understand who we are, the depths of our sin and our sinfulness, and how much we've been forgiven, it gives us a different appreciation for this kind of description of God. What does Ortland say is the only requirement to tap into God's mercies? wants us to keep uh, come to him with our mess of mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. and just to allow he said dump it in his lap um, yeah the language there and yep. it not being dependent at all on us keeping mm-hmm. ourselves clean um and he doesn't limit himself to working with the unspoiled parts of us that remain after a lifetime of sinning yeah oh man like, yes amen yes. right i know he's had these turns of phrase yeah. throughout the book in different spots that i'm just like yes that i feel that so much yeah the only re- requirement is come like in humble mm-hmm. repentance and faith, just yeah. come. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, on, on page 160, that last paragraph, that's mm-hmm. just like pouring out what, what he thinks about us, how he feels about us, what his intentions are about us. And, you know, I, I know there's several, five love languages, right? But I do think yeah. that like knowing how people feel about us or what they think about us is meaningful to everybody. No matter yeah. how you receive that or give it. And, mm-hmm. and I just love that because through the book, he's just continued to tell us like, this is who you are to him. Yeah. This is what he not only thinks about you, but like feels about you and is compelled yeah. by yeah. towards yeah. you. I just love that. that. That paragraph was really powerful. Yep. It was one of the like earlier chapters that said he's doing what is most fitting and natural mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, it's awesome. So the last question that we want to talk about is really broad and open-ended and can be as personal or impersonal as you want to answer it. But what would be different if we believed or if you believed these things about God? Because we're all kind of saying in here that we don't really believe them or don't really grasp them or struggle to believe them. And I think that's probably true of almost everyone, maybe everyone who's listening. So what would be different? I know when thinking about this, I know for myself, if I believe these things about God, um, by the Spirit's help, I'd be able to shut down just utter lies that the enemy tells me yes. constantly that I'm um, constantly bringing before the Lord and yep. I'd have true rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, if we do that, our burden's going to be light. Yeah. 
and we trust that in Jesus the work was absolutely completed and then yeah. in thinking of community together we're going to love and serve better and relate better to mm-hmm. each other because we're all basically saying the same thing yeah. here like we're yeah. saying yes we struggle with this right. but we don't we we look at ourselves we feel alone in the way that we feel um, and I mm. think we wouldn't try to hide those things mm-hmm. from each other yeah um, we'd link arms and we'd say like me too yeah yes so yeah that's such a good point it's so true we you know we feel like we struggle with isolation. I feel like yep. that's just true for a lot of people, but how often do we just isolate ourselves because we won't, you know, we won't share. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, Justin and I work for a camp ministry and whenever somebody, you know, calls and has a question or needs something, um, sometimes they're kind of like beating around the bush of how they really feel or what they yeah. need. And I said to someone the other day, I can only help you as much as you will let me help you, right. you know, and that's true for each other in community and our relationship with the Lord. Like he can, he can help us unendingly. We can help each other, but only as far as we're going to let somebody let somebody in. So I think that's a really good way to say that, Lindsay. Yeah, it, that question made me think too about there's this there's this song by Brandon Lake mm-hmm. that is on his uh, new album, and it's a really weird lyric to me. It's really <laughs> cool, but it's kind of weird. And he's basically saying like, you know, God has all of these things in store for us. Like, open your heart, open your hands, open up your eyelids. Um, and it's huh. kind of like a funny word to say eyelids in yeah. a like, worship song. I don't think I've ever heard that in any yeah, song. Yeah, me neither, right? Yeah. Me neither. But, um, <laughs> and listening to it, I'm like, I, I appreciate that he did that in the context of thinking about, like, actually opening not just your eyes, you think about our eyes all the time, mm-hmm. but your actual eyelids. I'm like, yeah, hmm. that's like an action that, like, thinking about when you wake up in the morning, like, your eyelids are opening up, right? right. So I think about that. This would, this would change. It would be different for me if I, you know, um, and, and receiving this and embracing this, my my eyes are going to be open differently. I'm going to yeah. be more perceptive to what the Lord is doing, what He's done for me, how that makes me treat other people, yeah. how I interact with Him, and yeah. and yeah. So so opening up your eyelids specifically. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We talk about all the time, like beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ in the gospel. We talk all the time about remembering, rehearsing the gospel, retelling the gospel. That's what we mean opening up our eyelids <laughs> again because we just miss it and lose pieces of it from at least sort of our, our conscious memory and thinking and, and feeling, if you will. So, yeah, I think that's really that's really good. And we'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit on Sunday, or I guess you guys will be hearing this on Tuesday and throughout the next week, so we will have talked about it on Sunday. But what we're doing Sunday is just spending some time in the book of Ezekiel uh, just to remember the power of the gospel and then to be called to pursue gospel growth. That's what we gotta do again and again and again. But yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good way to talk about it. We're gonna remember and appreciate differently. We're going to, Lindsay, I have a really similar experience of just needing to fight the lies of the enemy. Like I am just always hearing condemnation chirping away somewhere in the back of my head all the time, sometimes louder than others, right? believing this really starts to push back at that. It doesn't silence it immediately, but it pushes back. And it gives you some ammo to push back the the lies of the enemy. But I love how you're talking about vulnerable community too. Because the more we understand our own need and the fact that all of us really do stand in solidarity with the same need and the same struggles, or at least maybe slightly different expressions, but the same root and the same struggles, uh, man, we're uh, we're gonna walk in the light like we're supposed to. Uh, instead of hiding, like we heard about in Genesis 3, which just seems to be what all of us default to. But this kind of gospel-shaped, gospel-formed understanding and community, I think is going to totally reverse that, or at least begin the work of reversing it. 
well, uh, anything else that you guys want to add at the end of this? No? All good? Okay. Well, then we'll finish up the conversation for today. But as always, uh, I hope this is serving to spark some conversation, further conversation with you guys around the dinner table or with uh, your friends and church family. And as you're reading the book, uh, sparking some thoughts and even the internal conversations that we are having. Um, but let me finish by reading Matthew 11:28 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come you lost and find your